Good morning. Uh, as Ben said, I'm Martin. It's lovely to see you this morning. Um, I'm going to be speaking from a passage in Hebrews chapter 12 this morning. Um, and just to give you a little bit of background as to where it's come from, at the beginning of the summer holidays, one of the real highlights I had was I went off on my own and I completed the Yorkshire Three Peaks Challenge. And um, it, was a, it was a great chance for me to recharge the batteries, have some me time, and also to spend some time with God chatting through the verses that we're going to look at this morning. Because I found it, the Three Peaks, quite a feat of endurance. And whilst I was struggling through, these verses about perseverance and endurance spiritually really spoke to me. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. Um, and I'd like us, please, to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. The verses will appear on the, on the screen there. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who is for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. A little bit of context to this, um, this passage. The book of Hebrews is a wonderful book. It's one of my favorite books, actually, in the Bible. It takes the theology and the teachings of Jesus and applies it so wonderful in a practical way to people's lives. Um, Hebrews is written to believers who are having a really hard time. They're facing some of the things that we've just heard from Ali um, as people experience in places like China today. They're suffering persecution and um, targeted robberies and imprisonment and assaults. And they're actually beginning to lose faith. Those people who are um, the recipients of these letters are rejecting their faith in order to fit in with a culture that they find themselves in. And today, we don't face that. We don't have those pressures. But we do live in a culture that puts pressure on us and says to us, what you believe doesn't always match with what we think you should um, be believing or how you should be living your life. And our cultural pressure can put pressure on us to abandon the faith that we have, and to give up the race that Jesus has set before us. And we're going to look this morning on what God has to say to each one of us about what it means to pursue Jesus, or what God has to challenge us about what it means to live for him in our culture, and what encouragement we can find in this passage to help us press on with our lives. So we're going to start this morning, and my first question to us is, are we race fit? I just want to read verse 1 again to you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The 
Those of you who know me will know that cycling is one of my main passions outside of, of church and family. I love to spend my time cycling. And I'm very proud this morning to show you the one medal that I have achieved for cycling. As you can see, if you can see, it was uh, from the Nottingham Cycle Live um, event in 2016. And it has some of our great um, ambassadors for Nottingham here in Maid Mary and Robin Hood, the Sheriff of Nottingham, and I think it's little John there. Um, I'm very proud of this medal. However, I would have to say that it is the only medal I've got. But you know what? My wife also has the same medal because she, she was given it. And at the time, my seven-year-old son, he also got the same medal. And my five-year-old daughter at the time, she, she received the same medal. You see, this medal is not telling you that I'm amazing at cycling. This medal is not earned because I was good at what we did. This medal wasn't even given to us because we were the best family there. No, this medal was given because we turned up, we started, and then we finished. That, that is what it represents. And the image of a race in verse 1 here is used to describe what it means to follow Christ. So let me set the scene for you. The track is marked out for you. Christ has gone before you and set your path alongside this racetrack. A great crowd throngs and are cheering you on. And when you look in the crowd, you see the faces of some of the great people of the Bible. You see Moses and Elijah and Elisha. You see those Christians who have um, gone before us, who came after Christ and have suffered. And chapter 11, which is the preceding chapter, lists all these cloud of witnesses who can testify to what it means to run the race and finish, and finish well. And they are standing there saying to us, look, um, keep going. Learn from our experiences, and you can do it. You can pursue Christ. Their voices of encouragement tell us not to stop. And um, I mentioned at the beginning that one of the highlights of my summer holidays was I went on and did the Three Peaks Challenge. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I actually found it a bit harder than I thought it was going to be. I like walking, um, and I have done it before, but I haven't done it on my own. And I, about two-thirds of the way through, I did lose a little bit of encouragement. My boots had broken, the soles had ripped off one of them, so I was limping along. I had blisters, I was quite tired. The weather wasn't very kind, it was windy, it was really close um, clouds, so I couldn't really see a lot. Um, and out of nowhere, this lady, and I never, never know who she was, stopped me and asked me how I was doing. And then she gave me encouragement. She said, oh, where are you up to? You've got to do this bit next. You're doing ever so well. Let me give you some cake. And she gave me a piece of cake. And I know it's probably bad protocol, but I took cake from a stranger. <laughs> and we had a little conversation. 
and I carried on. Now, the challenge ahead didn't change. I still had quite a steep climb to do. I was still tired. My boots were still broken. I still had blisters. But I was filled with a renewed sense of hope. And this is why the Bible has so many wonderful stories about those people who've gone before us. You see, we can look at their lives, we can find encouragement, we can see that there are plenty of people who have failings and failures, and that doesn't stop them from completing the race. You see, everyone who takes part in the race that Jesus has set for us and completes it is guaranteed a medal something of much more value than this cheap trinket. <laughs> um, but verse 1 doesn't stop there. It doesn't tell us just to keep running the race. It doesn't say that we have a cloud of witnesses who are encouraging us and then move on. Verse 1 gives us a challenge. Verse 1 says that we have a responsibility to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely so that we can run with endurance. So that comes back to my question. Are we race fit? This reminds me of a, uh, an event that happened to me in my uh, early 20s, for 23, 24, um, and I'd broken my arm and I'd had a cast on. I went to hospital, and I sat down in front of a doctor just to check everything was okay. And it was a very small Chinese doctor who shocked me with his first question. Because his question wasn't to do with, with why I was there. He said to me, why are you so fat? <laughs> and I sat there, I was like, pardon? I'm a little bit offended at this. I don't think I'm particularly fat. And he said to me again, you too fat, why are you so fat? <laughs> I was like, oh, great. well, I can't remember the rest of the appointment, because all I remember is sitting there feeling embarrassed in that rising heat of, like, I'm not really sure what to do with this. Well, what I do remember is I went home, and I said, oh, I'm not having this. So I got my trainers out, and I got my shorts and T-shirt on. I put some music through my MP3 player, if we can remember those. And I, I hit the road, and I was like, I'll show him. I'll go for a run. Well, the reality is, I got to the end of the street, and I was on my knees, and I couldn't run anymore. And I thought, he's got a point. <laughs> so it turned out a diet from university of pizzas and chips and computer games weren't the diet of someone who could have run a race. And in the same way, I'd ask us, what is our spiritual diet? What do we fill ourselves with? Can we expect to be a lean, mean running machine if we're filling up on spiritual fast food? Can we expect to have endurance if we're just sat around playing computer games and eating pizza? You see, if we fill our hearts 
with the things that take our eyes off Jesus, spiritually, we're filling our bodies with rubbish. Because that's not what God has laid out for us. Now, there's plenty of things that we can fill our lives with. And I'd ask you this morning, what is your spiritual pizza? You'll see there is a theme of fast food throughout this morning. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's fears and worries. Some of those things that we've prayed into this morning. You see, those things aren't necessarily all bad. But if we look at them, instead of looking at Jesus, we take our eyes off him. And this morning, I suppose I would ask you, can you submit those to Christ? Can you give them over to Christ so that you might endure and run that race that Christ has set before you. And I, I was thinking of some practical ways that we at Grace Church can help you do this. Because it's one thing to hear it in the morning and maybe have some prayer for it. But we go home and we still have those things at home. So if you're a man, start coming to men's prayer on a Tuesday morning. It's a great place to pray through some of these issues. The women's prayer pods that um, are, are going through the week are there for us to share in community and pray through these issues. Um, are you part of a team? You see, we come to church so that we can give to Jesus, and in giving to Jesus through serving on different teams, helping with the children, helping with teas and coffees. It aligns our heart and our minds on Christ and helps us to put him first. Maybe you need some support through the mental health support group or you have issues with money and you want to go through the freedoms uh, to finance course. Sign up for those things. Get yourself involved because church is here to help you in that race. And we also find ourselves drawn to harmful interests and activities that not only weigh us down, but actually feel like they can anchor us to the spot and drag us away from Christ. Things like pornography and gambling, violence, drinking, drugs, sex outside of marriage, all things that actually are the tapestry of the culture and society that we find ourselves living in today, those things are people, are things that rob us not only from the joy of Christ, but can actually prevent us from finishing the race that's put in front of us. See, Hebrews is a book written to people who are not only struggling, but are turning to their culture and away from Christ. And we need to listen to that message and hear it for ourselves and think not only our spiritual diet can be um, something that hinders our journey, but can be something that stops it altogether. 
But this morning, I come to you with good news. The good news is that Jesus came to set us free from all of those things. Good news that Jesus said, you are not defined by any single one of those things that we've just mentioned. You are defined by being found in Jesus, the one who has already won the race, the one who is waiting for you with a winner's medal and is saying to you, follow me, put your eyes on me and live for me because it's worth it. See, Jesus has exchanged all of our sins, all of our failings, all of our faults, all of our worries, and he has given us his freedom. He has given us his righteousness. Jesus has given us his life and taken our death and our despair, and he has dealt with them on the cross, and he declared them finished and gone. And we no longer need to find ourselves anchored and weighed down by them. Jesus has come so that we may be freed and we may be, we may be released. And this morning, I want to give us a little bit of space at the end so that we might be able to pray for each other again. So that if we feel anchored down, we might ask Christ to break those chains so that we might be race fit And then I would also encourage you to look at what the church can do for you to help you move forward. Um, Church has recently launched a growth track, a way of helping you move towards Christ in the, the way we live our lives. See, God is bigger than any of those things. And I would encourage you to sign up for Keys for Freedom to sign up to explore the Bible so that you can learn how to read the Bible for yourself in new and exciting ways, to sign up for the Discover Your Gifting so that you can learn how to serve and you can learn how to become more like Jesus, and sign up for the stewardship course so that you learn how to give your money to help the work that Jesus has given us here in Nottingham. See, we are called to endure in the race. We'll all run it at different paces. This race is not one we have to win. That's not our job. We're on Team Jesus, and he's already won it. You will receive the winner's medal, and you're called to plod on and finish the race as best you can. What a ragtag finishes podium awaits us in heaven. Just picture yourself there. We can't earn a winner's medal. Endurance is the test of faith that God has set for us. And it's a test of faith because God wants all of you to be given to him, just like he has given all of him to you, to us, to me. I was reminded of um, a great film, I don't know if you watched this, Finding Dory. Yes, there we go. What's Dory's mantra all through the film? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. It helps her um, stay focused on, on a search for her parents and her place in life. And actually this morning, her relentless um, belief is a little bit like 
what Jesus is calling us to do. You see, our mantra is just keep looking to Jesus. Just keep looking to Jesus. I don't know how to use my money. We'll look to Jesus and take it to him. I don't know how to deal with this difficulty. Look to Jesus and take it to him. And keep pursuing Jesus because he is worth it. And he is promising that there will be an eternal reward. That's amazing. My second point, though, actually, I'm going to see if you pick up my second point. We're going to reread verses 1 and 2, and I'll put a different emphasis on it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, the founder and protect, perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You see, it can be easy to miss, but these verses are not written to individuals in the singular. It is written to us in the plural. You see, my second point is we've got a race to run. Are we race fit? But we run it together. We run it together um, I wonder if anyone recognizes this burger by McDonald's. It's a McDonald's DLT. Any takers for anyone who's eaten a McDonald's DLT? I've got a couple. Excellent. Well, that shows your age because it only came out in 1986 and it didn't last. So uh, you must have been very young children, Martin and Andrew. Um, a McDonald's DLT was designed to put the hot parts of the burger on one side and the cold parts of the burger on the other so that when you got to your table, you could decide for yourself which bits of the burger you were going to put together and that the hot bit wouldn't make the cold lettuce a bit lump. Um, and being a Christian, we can be tempted to treat our Christian lives and our normal lives in the same way that McDonald's decided to treat their burgers here. You see, it can be tempting to put our Christian life on one side, our non-Christian life on the other, and as we go through the week, as we go to different circumstances, to decide what's our burger going to look like here. Oh, the Christian side's the hot bit, but I'm in church. I'll put aside the gherkin. I quite like the gherkin. Put aside the gherkin, because that's a bit much for here. I don't really want people to see that bit. And, oh, I'm, I'm in work, or I'm with my friends. I'll, maybe I'll just have a, a salad sandwich today, because that makes me look or feel different. Well, just like McDonald's abandoned that design, because it didn't really work so too should we abandon any thinking that our Christian life is to be lived in isolation. Our Christian life is designed to consume every part of us because in doing so, we say to God, come and consume every part of me. Um, it can be difficult, but it's worth it. You see, God's called us into relationship with him. Jesus endured in order to win us into his family 
we look to the past and we find encouragement for those people who've gone before. We look at ourselves so that we might be best equipped to run the race that Jesus has for us. But we look to each other as God-given gifts to help us make it through the race. See, when I went walking through Yorkshire, actually I found out I really missed the encouragement of others. And I, if it wasn't for the kind of a stranger, I would have really found it difficult. But when we come to church, we find a family who's here to help us. And that is one of the most amazing gifts God's given us. And I think that's something we should cherish and we should celebrate here at Grace. I've got a little video just to uh, sort of make this point. We're not called to follow Christ in isolation. We are not called to win the race. We are called to be family, to love one another, to encourage one another, to pick each other up when we see each other falling, to ask for help when we're stumbling, to support each other, to share with one another. We're called to be community, and it may be that we're called to physically push each other over that line. And if that's what we're called to do, then that's what Christ has laid out for us to do. We're not in the race to win it. When you watch that video, the Brownlee brothers, no one would say what matters to them above all is finishing that race and winning it. They would say that what matters is finishing that race together. And in the same way, that's what we're called to be like as a community. You see, by doing that, we show the world what it looks like to pursue Jesus. We show the world what it looks like to love like Jesus. Jesus is our great victor. He has won. He does invite us to share the winner's podium with him. He shows us what it means to follow him. He endured so that we can endure. And he calls us to follow him together. And this morning, I suppose the challenge I want you to take away is how are we responding to the challenge that Christ has laid in front of us? Are we taking the race seriously? There is a cost to pay. There's no doubt about that. But there is a greater joy awaiting us. Christ calls us to persevere to the end. And it's a great calling. And Christ gives us each other to help us. To be race fit Christ says, surrender all of our lives to him. Cast off our weight. We do that through community. We do that through home groups, through serving, through giving our money, opening our homes, opening our hearts to each other, through our family, 
and through prayer and reading his word. We give ourselves and we receive Christ. What an amazing promise that is. I'm going to hand over to Ben. And we just want to spend a few minutes really just reflecting what it means for us to pursue Christ, to persevere, and then we'll give chance to a prayer ministry at the end to see how we can serve you this morning. Thank you.